The Youthscape Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Youthscape Podcast with me, Rachel Gardner. Oh, we're swapped already, and me, Martin Saunders. Let's now get back into the correct bodies. Wow. With me, Rachel Gardner. And me, Martin Saunders. You're such a youth. That was a bit Look science fiction, wasn't it? There. Gosh. Getting the crowd, hooking them in. A bit of comedy. Uh, how are we doing today? Doing absolutely fine. It's the start Thank of so a new much. year. Are we exciting. feeling upbeat? I think I feel very upbeat. The oh, really? halloumi fly- fries I had really helped with that. You've had some halloumi fries? I've had some halloumi fries, but they were so delicious, so I feel good. Deep fried cheese, though. You can't feel good about that. You can. You can feel very, very good about that. In probably about an hour's time, I'll be cramping, but well, right now. Is that a dance good. move? <laughs> it is, and it is a threat. Oh. A promise and a threat. How are you? Are you feeling upbeat for New Year? I'm really upbeat. Oh, Very excited about 2020. Yeah. We've got another National Youth Ministry weekend. Oh, and this is just... potentially the last year when my summer isn't dominated by a swamped summer festival. Where, uh, you well, know... No, as in, you are going to be swamped. Yeah, 2020, there's not a So, the, so last not year was the last year. This no, no. Year. There isn't one in 2020. No. So it's in 2021. I see. I see. So this is the last oh, year. In which my summer won't be swamped by but next year it will a summer be. festival. Yeah. So this, so what are you gonna do this year? This summer I'm hoping that <gasps> I'm gonna get a speaking gig in Hawaii. Oh <laughs> I, I was just thinking that Mrs. Saunders might actually get a holiday with you in the summer yeah, with your kids. That's the plan. Oh the dream I'm holding out in faith, Lord, for a speaking gig in Hawaii. I, I don't know anyone in Hawaii. <laughs> You know, and I don't get asked to do speaking gigs do ever. Shout outs for Hawaii, but a big Rachel. shout out for anyone The Rock. Hawaii, yeah, that's right. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> Dwayne The Rock. And Dwayne. anyone who's involved in shooting the movie Fifty First Dates. Oh, love it. That was on Hawaii. Do you know wasn't the it? very naughty thing that I've taught both teenagers in our church and my children to do? Go on. It's really bad. I did it. And then now they actually execute this. I'm like, that's a terrible thing. Yeah. So when we're driving along, I see it as prime kind of youth discipleship opportunities. And I've got teenagers in the car. They yeah. can't get anywhere. It's incredibly coercive. But I'm <laughs> driving down the road. And if we see a camper van, then I've taught... <laughs> Terrible. You don't throw stuff I've at the windows. I've taught the children to shout, give it, like that. Give it, give it. So my little ones and the teenagers are shouting at a camper van, give it, which I'm sure is breaking a ten commandments. Why? 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 Mainly because I'd love a camper van because then we could like just take over on holiday with us and go right. and just do these amount of things. But it's quite funny that I've taught the children when they see a camper van saying, give it, give it. Can I understand what's going on here? It's so you, you want a camper van yes. and therefore you're shouting at the owners of yes. an existing camper van yes. to give it to, to you. Give it to us. Give and I've trained the young people that I disciple and my own children. So two poor unsuspecting groups. And then when they come home and watch a movie at my house, we switch the advert, the sound off the advert because I don't want them to be like, oh, one by consumers. <laughs> so there we go. That feels like a separate... <laughs> the height feels of like hypocrisy. A separate, a separate topic. It's the height of hypocrisy. So you want people to give you their camper van. Yes, yeah, so I want them so, to hear the children. if you're listening to the Youthscape podcast <laughs> and somehow, not only are you in... There's Hawaii. a very There's a very small Venn diagram here. But if not only you are listeners to the Youthscape podcast and probably a poorly paid youth worker, but yes, also exactly. you have a free camper van or a speaking gig in Hawaii, or just a holiday to Hawaii, I'm not, I'm not fussy. Or just um, come with could us. you get in touch by emailing... Um, youthscape at podcast. No, that's all right. No, that's the one. Yeah, podcast at youthscape. Or once do some intervention in my or youth ministry. Hawaii at youthscape. Hawaii, Hawaii at youthscape.co.uk. Youthscape. 
do you know, there are going to be some fantastic things on this summer, but I do wonder if there might be some youth workers saying, we actually get August. Yeah. I do think that might happen. Maybe we could go to Hawaii. Maybe we could go to Hawaii. Maybe we could take well, the Saunders that, family. Or maybe you can. Maybe you can. In a camper van. Maybe you can go to a, an airport shack. <laughs> you couldn't, you couldn't take a camper van to Hawaii because no, it's 5,000 miles off the, off the mainland. Right. Anyway, dear friends, thank you for tuning in. So far, it They've has gone. been pure They've gold. They've already gone. they switched pure off. Pure gold. So we've got a wonderful guest with you today. And I would like to preempt this guest by Go telling on. a story, one of my stories. Oh, yeah, please tell a story. I've been told by Martin that I mustn't mention Preston so much. No, but I'm don't going mention to it. mention Preston, where I live, the beautiful city of Preston. And back at Christmas, took the children and the students who I work with to the lights being switched on in Preston, which was a real experience, but let's not go into it. And somebody got up on the stage in our Preston city square, amazing girl, fantastic voice, she's an influencer, social media guru influencer, she's probably about 18 years old. She sang a couple of numbers, they were amazing, she did a few covers of, covers of Lady Gaga, and in between two songs she said this, you can follow me on Instagram or also on TikTok. And I went, TikTok? TikTok? What? What's TikTok? Thinking I, I'm all over noise. Insta. Like, and I was quite close to the front. I was like having a conversation. They're like, I'm, I'm all over Insta. I know Insta. What's TikTok? I'd never heard of it. You know, there's moments where you're like, I don't ever pretend that I'm up with anything. I, I'm technology. I'm just so awful at yeah. Awful at it. But you know when you're like, something has suddenly happened that you have no idea about Absolutely. at all. Like, what, so what is TikTok? Well, you gonna, my I'm, question. Do you know what? I'm going to talk about this in the interview with Mark oh, Crosby coming up coming in a up moment. To, uh, there's a reason to hang on to this car Ooh. crash. So, um, <laughs> so uh, TikTok is a video sharing site. And I think you make 15 second videos. I think. Do you remember Vine? Oh, is it different? Do you remember Vine that was six seconds? Yes. It's just not quite long enough. Whereas TikTok is 15 seconds. And they are just... Uh, somehow you set... Now you set some sort of video to music, mm-hmm. and so a lot Basically of a breeding ground for memes. A breeding oh, ground for memes, so Amy. Memes go to be You're right. Needed. So my 11 year old daughter, I've just found out by the way, as you'll hear on the interview, uh, is not old enough to be using it. Okay. Uh, but she and her friends make uh, videos. Well, allegedly. Allegedly make videos. <laughs> okay. Uh, where they do choreographed dance moves. So that sounds great. Lovely. Well, it seems good to me, but I think probably, as ever, there's a dark side. Yeah, it's just more and more stuff, isn't it? However, we'll get on to TikTok with Mark Crosby in a moment. I want to talk about Rachel Gardner. What about? And I want to put Rachel Gardner on the psychiatrist's couch. Oh, I know where you're going. And I want to say, Rachel, Mm -hmm. why did you delete your Instagram account? I'm going to get serious pretty quick. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go there. So my pet hate has always been people doing the worthy I'm going to come on Facebook for a period of Lent I actually I'm, I'm quite judgy as a person and I get a bit judgy like just get off Facebook don't tell us you're getting off Facebook just get off Facebook and which is terrible terrible horrible I'm sorry if I've said that about you guys but um but then I, I, since moving to Preston, I've been there quite a few months now, but since moving to Preston, I've done the grieving thing of leaving behind a city, London, that I love. And you don't realise all the friends that you have and the contacts you have and just the landscape that makes sense of your life until you move somewhere else. So I've moved the family. We're up with Jason and me and the kids in Preston. And I found it and I put on my post blisteringly hard. And what I mean by that is just somehow finding who you are in a whole new landscape. Like it's not... It's not, compared to most things in life, it's not terrible, but it's just difficult. Um, And what I've found is that 
social media has been a fabulous way for me to feel still connected with the tribe that made sense of my life. So I chat to loads of my friends over WhatsApp and tweet. we tweet each other stuff on Insta and I keep an eye on what's going on. But increasingly I was following probably quite big churches, not in the UK, around the world, following big youth work organisations, following women speakers, so this is again not shaming anybody, but who I really love, like in, in the States and others, and, and also friends that I've not kept up with for a long time. And, and I know that everybody, including me, puts the best version of everything on it. Mm. But I was finding that I couldn't get out of the, almost the self-harming loop of checking everyone else's Insta. Um, in a way that Facebook and Twitter just didn't have that impact on me. I don't know quite why, but there was mm. something about Insta that I would be like, oh, my life's not like that. My home's not like that. My kids don't behave like that. My youth group doesn't look like that. My church... And, and, and I knew, I, I was talking to myself all the time, like, this is not what it's about. This is not what they believe it's about. Like, come on. But I found that, that self-talk just wasn't enough. I mm. needed to do something more dramatic. So I thought, I'm actually going to delete Insta, which I was gutted about because the reason I went on Insta was because a lot of the young students that I mentor, that's, that's their means of communication. I wanted to understand that world. I wanted to keep in touch with people. And I wanted also ego, ego, ego. I wanted to be connecting with that generation. And I thought, I've got to do something hardcore. And I thought, if I just stop, I think... I, I don't know I, I don't know if I was right to write a little, this is my reasons. But I also thought, actually, I've felt m my life is small. But I've also posted, oh, isn't my life amazing? And so if anyone's looked at my post and gone... She's moved to Preston and she's like bossing it. She's amazing. Like, why am I stressing with this? And I mm. wanted to almost apologise for mm. that and say, I'm sorry if my funny posts or trying to be like, yay, has made anyone else feel small. Mm. I know mm. that. So I put that and then, and then so I wrote the message and I was like, oh, now I need to delete it. So oh. how, how long do I wait? No, I've got to delete it. So oh. I delete it. So I don't know, people obviously have probably responded. My friend Andrews have responded. Yeah. I've got to delete it. Um, and actually, I'm really glad I did. I'm sad because I would like to be back on Insta because I really like connecting with my young students who are there. Sorry, the students I work with who are on it. But I feel that Twitter, which is sharing ideas, works really well for me. Mm. A medium that is sharing an image of your life, I find is a bit too, it, it provokes mm. something, it triggers something in me. Wow. I don't know. I don't, and I don't know if I'm right or wrong, or, but I just felt I had, it was a practice I had to do. But I hate, I hate that kind of backlash, reject technology, because I think it's quite mm. neutral, mm. it's how you use it. But I guess that was my way of saying, this practice for me is my way of using it responsibly. So mm. I am not in any way cursing Insta or, or shaming. No, I'm not no way saying all of you on there are still shallow, not at all. Mm. This was entirely my self-care yeah. my yeah entirely for me not 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 i think that shows a remarkable amount of self-reflection rachel oh, gosh, i really do despair, and, really. and i think um I, th I don't know anybody else who has your level of kind of profile in the christian bubble who um who has been capable of doing what you've done and i think it really has said i've not done twitter though that would be i, I think as really so. a, a lot of people will have seen that and been really like shocked by it and respect mm. it massively. Um, I always think when you look at social media, because um, I know, you know, mm. I mean, I mean, this is no boast, but I know a lot of Christian celebrities, and um, mm, yeah. and in, and you, you know, in 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 real life, they're normal, yes. nice people. 
And with often normal smaller homes, than you. That's why I find really they're often often smaller. They people are often smaller. <laughs> um, but that's oh. because they have small man syndrome. That's why. Oh. And uh, and so they have you know they're nice people. Yes. And lovely. they they are you know delightful. They have normal lives and normal problems. But somehow, when they go, they put themselves through the filter yeah. of social media yeah. and become yeah. broadcasters. So often, and I've done this as well, and mm. you've you've admitted to yeah, it as absolutely. well. Like we just absolutely. become plonkers yeah and and it would be just so great if we didn't and so mm. i think what's wonderful is you've done something quite prophetic and it is, does come at a cost mm. and there'll be this little bit of you i know there will be mm. that, that's like itching going what are they saying on insta well you know can, and seeing, actually seeing as we're overshowing and no one's listening to this no one's listening to this don't worry we're, so, we're not even recording this right so i'm about to say something that probably i'll need to act on now but when i can i is that okay if i say so how much are you gonna overshow when i got to nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine twitter followers that was another little check in me. Thought you'd like, bring that up again. Didn't no, you? you've got more than me. <laughs> no, it, but it was a genuine like, oh, oh, I've got that. Like, oh, oh, wait. and then I, and then I was like, oh no, now I know. Mm. Oh, now I know, and now that's something. That's a thing in me, mm. and and so I, so I'm gutted that I missed a trick there because I'm like, I should have deleted Twitter at nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. That if I'm really no, genuine, you don't have to. But it's interesting, I, though, isn't it? You, but you know these checks in your soul. Yeah. Like, what is your That's soul great. saying? That's great. That you spotted yeah, that. So. But also, you haven't gone for the blue tick. No, I haven't. Gone the for people the blue go tick. for the blue tick. No, They're the ones to watch. Mainly because I have no idea. I, mean, I have no idea. You don't have to get one. <laughs> I mean, let's not pretend there's any reason other than I, I would have to ask you to do it. And have you, you had the um, latest up. thing with Instagram though? That they've got rid of. You can't see how many people have liked photos anymore. Oh, seriously? Oh, on yeah. Insta. Yeah, so that's a move that they've made. So you can see how many people have liked your own photo, but no one else can. It just says, ah. like, one friend wow. and then others. Yeah. Huh. You can't see the number. So wow. it's interesting all that you were saying, because Instagram mental obviously recognised as a problem. The too. mental health, people's mental So mm-hmm. interesting, right? so I deleted that. And then the next day I had a number of messages from people that I've not spoken to in absolute years who obviously still have my number amazingly and messaged me. And some of the women who mm. I thought, you are so confident mm. and this stuff is beneath you. Oh no, they were sending messages like, when my sister-in-law doesn't like a photo of mine, I don't know why, but I'm in the corner crying my eyes. And I'm like, yeah. I, I would never think that about you. So yeah. I think I think as long as we operate some real healthy conversations, whatever we use, as long as we always balance that out with some mm. healthy reality checks, mm. I think. So I posted on Twitter about Advent Day, back in Advent, day one being an absolute car crash and my kids binge watching Chip and Potato. But God it still meets us there. And it's amazing the number of people then say, oh, I'm so glad you said that because mine was awful too. And I think yeah. we've got to, if we're going to engage with social media, let's be disruptive with it. Yeah. Good. So, anyway. It's good. Well, so, is- today we're thinking about communication, Ooh. which is how we got into yeah. Instagram yeah. and before TikTok. that, TikTok. We're going to pick that thread up again. Uh, but I interviewed a brilliant uh, young man from the Vineyard Churches UK uh, he's a guy who had a career in comms and PR and then moved into doing that for the church. And so uh, this is Mark Crosby talking about his new book. Uh, it's a great interview. Have a listen. Well, my guest today on the Youthscape podcast is Mark Crosby. He's the Director of Communications for Vineyard Churches. Uh, and uh, it's great to have you, Mark, here on the podcast. Hello. Hello, Martin. Uh, you are, and I should just clarify, 
you're you're not vineyard vineyard churches globally sort of handling communications for america and australia and all those places where like it's just the uk and ireland is that right it is uk and ireland we are a movement made up of uh different nations with um uh, hundreds of churches. I think we're we're, we're thousands around the world, uh, but my focus is the UK and Ireland. So, uh, how big is the the Vineyard Church kind of uh, denomination? I guess in in the UK now, how many churches do you have in total? It's a good question. Um, we're we're hovering somewhere around one hundred and fifty uh, locations, um, but we are planting churches, and we're seeing some amazing things happening. So, um, just this last week, um, I heard of 20 people come to faith in a church in the South Coast during their Sunday services. Wow. Another 17 in a church in the Southwest. Um, and I was counting these with my kids on the way to the school and just kind of sharing the stories with them. And they counted for me and they counted uh, just the few churches who had contacted me. And they were like, well, 76 people come to faith in the last week. And just the people who have texted me and shared their stories. Um, and so, you know, I think we're just seeing some amazing things. And we know that the church around the UK and Ireland is also seeing some amazing things. So it's a, it's a fun time for um, church right now, I think. That's amazing. I um, My own story of the vineyard is I um, I, I did attend a vineyard church for a few years in, in southwest London. And then uh, and then I moved house to where I currently live uh, in Reigate in, in Surrey. And uh, I think it, I think I'm pretty right in saying that pretty much the week I moved to uh, Rygate, they closed the local vineyard. It was almost like a sort of a, a very very public snub by uh, Vineyard I, Churches <laughs> UK of of me. I felt. And I've been told to tell you to not take it personally. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was all set to sort of move to another. It could have all been very different because I, I, um, I was all set to move from the church I was attending when I moved house to to the vineyard here. And of course, um, some of them don't work out. And I think that's the really kind of, um, I guess <laughs> I don't know if it's an exciting thing or not. But when you are on the frontier of church planting, um, you know, I, I guess John John Wimber, who if he's not quoted six times in this interview, we're not trying. <laughs> Uh, didn't John Wimber say, you know, we we need to see a fair few of them fail because otherwise we're not taking enough risks? Yeah, and I think I think that's part of the thing around church planting is that you do need to take risks, and there's no guarantee um, that um, all the things that we do are going to work. And that goes for the whole church, the whole body of Christ. We have to be trying lots of different things to try and reach the last and the least and the last. Like that's our passion, that's our heart. That we need to. Um, reach out to people and sometimes that, mean, that means that the projects or the ministries or the church plants that we um, that we try and um, they just don't work for a range of reasons and I think it's okay that things don't work but it's not okay to not be trying to do things um, mm. and so we need to be celebrating the wins we need to be um, celebrating the people who pioneer and they try and it just doesn't work out but um, I think that's that's not a vineyard thing per se I think that's a church thing that yeah. Uh, Jesus modelled risk. He modelled uh, stepping out, and so we just need to do what we saw him do. Really, yeah, it's great. Uh, so, Mark, you are director of comms for um, uh, the Vineyard Churches. How did you get into that role? What's your What's your sort of background? What's your story of how you got to that place? Yeah, so um, about twenty years ago, um, I was at university and I was doing marketing and. Public public relations um, in Preston at the University of Lancashire. Um, absolutely loved that um, city, loved the course. And 
the more I learned about marketing, the more I learned about PR, and then I looked at the, the um, tools which were available to the churches uh, back then, I just felt we're not doing the best that we could be with the tools available. Mm. Um, there's more that we could be doing. And so I began this kind of journey over um, during my university time of helping our local church there with things which I'd been learning. And then I graduated and got a job and um, helped businesses to do these things, to use these tools. And over the next decade, I kind of shifted. Um, I went through a range of things, helping technology companies to launch things, football um, football clubs um, with their marketing, with their publicity. And it kind of came full circle. Um, about 10 years ago, I was having a breakfast with um, a man called John Mumford, who was the national director of Vineyard in the UK and Ireland back then. Mm. And I just said, I just think we could be doing more, John. And I kind of laid out um, my heart, my vision, and um, we, we chatted for kind of hours. And um, I then started the following week, I think, just to kind of begin a few new things. And so I think it's just over 10 years since I began doing things for Vineyard. Um, and that kind of included when um, um, their social media and TV stuff and magazines, uh, booklets. We've begun to launch um, books as well, which is fun and exciting. Mm. And more recently, we've just begun to uh, to get better at capturing and gathering and sharing stories from what God's doing around the churches. Um, and that just kind of helps to inspire and equip people. And people just feel like spurred on that when they hear a story, um, it kind of catapults people into a new reality. Mm. So um, that's that's how I got into this this point here. So I, I think it's really fair to say I've been doing this in a, a, a range of different roles for probably 20 years now. Well, wow. and I guess that's important as we as we move on now to talk about your book, uh, that you you kind of did the the ten years of of doing it in the uh, I never know what to say these days the real world the secular context mm-hmm. like they're all problematic but you know what I mean uh, you were yeah. doing kind of PR for companies and and organisations uh, before doing it in in a church context and so you've applied some of that learning as well as having mm-hmm. new ideas within the church context so you've written a book um, which mm-hmm. which talks about um, how we um, uh, apply the idea the discipline of communications to um to a church context so so tell us a little bit about um why you've written it um and Mm -hmm. and and also what it is yeah so um so about for the last few years i've been doing some training with uh churches and and people have been picking up the phone to me and i've been chatting to them sharing um what what best I have and most phone calls and most training sessions end with have you got any resources that you could recommend books that we could uh, read um those sorts of things and I'm like I, I couldn't think of a book that would encapsulate all the things that I've been sharing um that would help them in quite a timeless fashion mm. um and like I was thinking about it I was praying about it and I just felt that God nudged me and say would you write this and I kind of thought it a bit because I was like, who am I to write this like? Why me? Um, and you kind of go through this, um, I guess this kind of self-doubt of there must be a better person out there. 
Um, and then the more I spoke to people and said, I, I'm thinking about, about writing this book, uh, people just began to really um, encourage me, whether mm. it was um, friends inside the vineyard but, or friends from HDB or Soul Survivor or different uh, movements, networks, denominations. And so I spoke to um, the publishers who work with us at Vineyard called SPCK, um, wonderful, godly people. And I just said to them, listen, I think I might have a book in me. It's around church comms and how we can help churches to communicate in a digital culture. Uh, do you think that's something that people would want? And um, we then went through that journey. And then um, September this year, 2019, um, it got published, which is a very bizarre and surreal feeling. You, you you say you know um, you say that some some pe- some churches don't have a full time. I mean, lots of people don't have a mm. a full time person in this role. But yeah. presumably, there are some people doing this kind of role who just don't realise they're doing comms. Um, they just okay. never think of it like that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of the biggest problems that that uh, we face as churches is, is realising what comms is. Um, and comms is not the pushing out of a Facebook message when we um, go, oh, we, we must get people uh, to this um, um, youth event or to a, a course that we're running. And we push out messaging without really realising what we're doing. Mm. And so um, what I've tried to help people to think through um, is that you have to go back through your... Um, your your values and your vision and then work out like what's the win like what are we trying to do like how we like what's the trajectory that God's put this church on and how are we trying to reach that mm. and then you get down into your strategy and your strategy is really like what are the tools we could use and who who are we trying to talk to so we talk about the um the uh the method and the media and the market in the moment like, like those four things like who are we trying to reach and when and how and what with and and then it's down to uh, one person to actually or um, a team to work out how you actually do that so there will be people um church administrators mostly who are doing a wonderful job but are feeling quite stretched and don't really feel equipped to be doing this role and don't quite know how to do it and just feel completely overwhelmed and my hope is that we can help these churches to thrive mm. by not feeling completely overwhelmed just working through a gradual process and like just basing the whole thing in like prayer and just going God, what would you want us to do and how can we do that? And so hopefully the book points people in that general direction. Great. And so uh, obviously this is the Youthscape podcast and there's a, uh, a fair amount of bias on this podcast towards youth ministry. So um, can you maybe sort of start to apply some of this stuff to youth ministry? You know, how what would it look like to have a communication strategy for your youth work? In the most yeah. basic sense, where would you start? Oh man, it's a great question because all youth groups are slightly different and it it depends on where you find your church and um, your demographics really. Um, I think I'd I'd start with don't forget the why in pursuit of the where. So like like what are you trying to do with your youth ministry and different youth groups, youth ministries will be trying to achieve different things, whether it's they are, they have a thriving youth group and they're trying to really invest in those people and make it really... I'm attractive to the people who don't go mm-hmm. and their friends or whether it's you're trying to reach out to a local housing estate or a, a people group. So I think knowing exactly what you're for first is really important. Mm. Um, and then I'd work out um, split the parents and youth. And so your parent comms is different to your youth 
outcomes. Absolutely. And both parents and youth want to things in a very different way. And it's kind of knowing where those people are for your church. Um, so uh, broadly speaking, like you can say that Facebook is mostly for parents now. Like yeah. that's that's quite a broad thing. It's not that youth um, don't use it. It's that they don't post and they don't engage. Um, and they mostly use it for Messenger. Um, but really, they are deserting Facebook in their droves. That's what the stats say. Mm. Um, and it's the... Um, the kind of 30s and upwards that gen generally on Facebook. So you kind of know that if you're trying to reach your youth group, Facebook is not the place to really reach them. Although there's a place for a Facebook group, which is kind of um, um, locked down and private. Um, so kind of working out those things. And actually, I, I think one of the best things you can do is just say to the parents and the youth group, where are you? Like, how would you like to receive cards? Like, would you like to receive it by text, by letter, by email, by flyer, mm. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram? Um, most of the youth these days on TikTok, like, it's absolutely booming, it's thriving. But again, it's it's quite a difficult format to really get right. Um, I mean, by the way, can we just stop there? I've never heard anyone so far suggest how we can use TikTok as a comms platform for, for ministry. So have you got any thoughts? <laughs> um so for those that don't know TikTok, um, TikTok is a fast-moving, uh, viral, uh, young people's platform, which is based around filming yourselves and your friends on your phones to a musical uh, loop. So how it would work is the way that a lot of dance moves and, new, and music tracks get spread around these days is through TikTok. Yeah. Um, and so you'll you'll hear a track, you'll see a dance routine, and then you try to copy it in different ways through um, whether uh, kids are doing it through school or um, playgrounds in the back gardens. And they want to kind of really be seen and be heard and be noticed, which is a completely different uh, podcast altogether. But what you can yeah. do is you can notice the trends. So to engage with the youth, look at things like what are the music tracks which they're really listening to and how can we make sure that when we use TikTok to engage with our youth, we're using the tracks that they're listening to. How can we help our youth to use this healthfully? So I think there's um, a different conversation around how you could have fun with it. But in terms of youth ministry, um, like I would encourage you to engage with the trends in order to reach your youth group, but also know that you have to do this really well. And the people who use TikTok have to really understand it um, because there's nothing worse than a bunch of grown-ups like I mean, you, Martin, trying to use TikTok and just failing dismally and it just being the most cringy and kind of uncool thing that could ever happen. Um, so your young youth leaders can really help to steer you with this. Um, yeah. But have a look at the trends pages Use the music, use the dance pages, and just um, have some fun with it. It's a really fun, silly platform, uh, but don't waste your life on it because it will just uh, it will engulf you. <laughs> I mean, I am I'm watching it, but I have an 11 year old daughter, uh, and she mm. and her friends, uh, year sevens. Uh, I I think they probably spend a couple of hours every day. Uh, you know, messing about, m recording themselves, do working out dance routines. It's actually, it's it's not like they're spending the whole time in front of a, a phone. You know, there, there's a lot of it is kind of coordinating dance routines mm -hmm. to music. That feels quite healthy to me. 
Um, there's there's some less healthy bits to it, but um, I have to say this is the first time TikTok is the first thing. I'm now 41, Mark, um, and uh, and TikTok is the first thing that I've just seen that I just I I don't even want to go anywhere near. I think the idea of me trying to make a TikTok video is it's like the end of my career on a plate. <laughs> no, it's true though, isn't it? That there's there's kind of certain platforms which you just go, that's not familiar, my kind of age range. Uh, but the teenagers, like they absolutely love it. And yeah. uh, uh, my daughter is the same sort of age as yours, and she goes to a dance group, and they come back and they've learnt the TikTok moves. Yeah. So although they haven't watched TikTok, they've shown the dance teacher, and then the dance teacher has taught it back to the whole um, crowd. You know, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it is amazing. However, um, it, you know, it does have its dark sides. Of and course. I think, that, I think the, the kind of age is 13 in the UK and 16 in Ireland, um, and for good reason as well. But I think as long as it's well uh, monitored, you know, it is quite a fun platform. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and, and when I said I had an 11-year-old daughter, I obviously mean I have a 17-year-old daughter. Don't, don't worry, <laughs> listeners. I'm very responsible. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so that's helpful. So, so I guess the the really interesting uh, points I've drawn out of what you've just said there, as uh, in terms of youth ministry, are start with vision and what what kind of thing you want to communicate and who you want to communicate to. Mm. Making sure you have a kind of different approach for different groups of people. So that's parents, that's young people, that's also different groups of young people. I guess you're going to mm-hmm. you're going to have a different comm strategy for your Christian young people to the mm-hmm. young people you're trying to reach on the margins, um, yeah. and and then just that idea of a variety of of platforms. Um, and TikTok is probably not the first place to start. We should say. No, no, I think it's fair to say don't start there. That's the kind of place that you go to once you have cracked the main ones, um, of which is normally for you. If you'd say probably in. Instagram would be the number one. Uh, Facebook for parents would be helpful. A kind of email strategy for parents is quite helpful. Mm. And then I'd split uh, those platforms down into three things and work out. Um, so when you're communicating, there's three things you're trying to do. The first one is you're trying to inform. The second one is invite. And the third is inspire. And so for each time you communicate, you're trying to work out what's this for. Are we trying to inform people? So whether that's your youth or parents, and are we trying to inspire or are we trying to invite? And then when you know that, um, it's slightly easier um, to know which platform to use and then how to use it for that moment. Um, so, yeah, work out the platforms and then go through those three things and then it just makes the whole job much easier. That's great. So um, finally, um, I, I wonder if you could just say a little bit about youth ministry in the vineyard uh, and particularly just whether you can say something to us about um, the event. People will have heard that um, the Dreaming the Impossible event, which... Uh, used to be in uh, about mm. May, is that right? Um, is now moving into the summer. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that's right. Um, we've we've been running a youth um, gathering, a national youth gathering for a number of years. Um, and then uh, Mike Pilvachi, um heard from the Lord and he was like, I think it's time to lay down Soul Survivor. And at the same time, he was chatting to... Um, a, quite a number of groups um a small number and just saying like what would it look like for you guys like how how would this affect you um and we really felt god speak 
to us. And so uh, from 2020, we're moving our national youth gathering from the spring to the summer to the Staffordshire showground. Um, it's the first week in August, the 1st to 5th. Um, and it's for uh, the ages of 12 to 18. And we are just kind of opening up those doors to whoever wants to come, the uh, wider church. This is hosted by the vineyard, but it's for the whole church. Mm. Um, and it's going to be um, those who have seen what we've done through um, YouTube or through the DTI um, social media, like it's fun, it's worship. We love to worship. We love healthy Bible teaching. Uh, we love the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And then we love um, hanging out. We love games. We love fun and kind of entertainment. And so I think if you've been to Soul Survivor, you probably recognize a lot of our values in there. Um, you know, in terms of how we worship and uh, the times of um of ministry but also we we just want people to know that the whole church is really welcome like we would love to see different groups and de denominations there but we're really aware that there's a range of things that are um springing up uh, during the summer from 2020 and we're just so encouraged like we see that there's a number of amazing things happening and we know that dti is not the only one and so i think i would just uh, really encourage people who have been um, trying to work out where they could go after Soul Survivor and um, just look around. There's so many wonderful things and DTI is one of them and you'd be so, so welcome. But there was a great range and we love what's happening in unity in youth ministry around the UK and Ireland. Like, it's a wonderful thing. Um, and Susie and Zeke, who head up uh, DTI for the Vineyard, have just had a wonderful time of meeting and, and uh, gathering with youth leaders and ministry leaders, and the unity is what they come back, and it's mm. just so inspired by. So yeah, so uh, DTI, 1st of 5th of August, we would love to see uh, loads of people there. Wow. Um, well, I mean, the way you just phrased that was uh, was quite wonderful. As, as a comms director, you would expect you'd be doing the hard sell um, for your event, but actually to be uh, talking about the range and the breadth is wonderful. And uh, and just having been on the inside of that conversation for the last uh, two years, I think that amazing spirit of unity has been exemplified by um, the, the the people at the vineyard, particularly. I think that would be something I'd really say of you as a as a group, Susie, Zeke, and and now yourself, and and all the others. So the book is called "So Everyone Can Hear." Uh, communicating church in a digital uh, culture it's published by spck and available from all the uh, usual places uh, mark do you just want to give us a, a two-line pitch of why people should pick it up i think it's helpful for leaders whether you're leading a church a ministry or a team in church to help you communicate more healthily brilliant thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today Thank you for having me and thank you for all that uh, you guys do at Youthscape. You are amazing. We love you guys. That just really blesses my heart, really, that, that people are getting excited about the thing they're doing, mm. but they're not thinking that's the only thing. They're just being really generous about, well, go to whatever suits your young people. We've always said that, haven't we? Like, think about your young people, the youth group you've got. Where would they be best served? I just thought that was, uh, that humility, yeah. I loved that. Yeah, as you hear on the interview, I was slightly caught off guard by that. Yes, yeah. And um, the uh, the thing is, we, we got together a group, before we ever thought about doing yeah. our thing in 2021, we uh, uh, we gathered a whole bunch of people, about 70 people actually. 90, I think. 90? Yeah. 
It get, as we tell that story, it gets higher and higher. 4,000 people. <laughs> about 90, uh, so we have 90 people yeah. here yeah. from all across different denominational backgrounds yeah. and, and different organisations. And th- There were a few people in the room who were wanting to launch things. We've never really talked about it, actually. Have we not? No, I don't and think a whole, So we had a day here in July mm. 2018. We called together a bunch of organisations, denominations, and Graham Kendrick led worship. Kendrick, Graham yes. Kendrick came. And just led worship yeah. for us. I don't think we even paid him, did we? We didn't even pay him. And his thank you card is still sat in my locker. How oh wonderful my gosh. is that? I texted Kendrick. Him. Should I tell you why we invited him, though? We And he knows his story. We had somebody else lined up to lead worship. And then when this other person... It was all very last minute. Because we were like, let's just gather people to pray. Yeah. And and we just literally sent one email. And people came blocking, didn't yeah. they? Um, and then this person couldn't do it. And, and then I was like, well, who who is so outside of the tribe? But in their own time, in their own sphere, innovated something that had never happened before. Well, it's Graham Kendrick. Yeah. Like, honestly, we laugh. We laugh about the fact that Shine Jesus Shine is studying schools. Hey. But when he wrote that song, there was nothing like that anywhere oh in churches. Like this guy. And so, and he was like, I will be there. Don't pay me. And he just wanted to serve this amazing. new wave of leaders. Anyway, we're off topic slightly. Off topic. I oh, we just love Graham anyway, Kendrick. We had Graham Kendrick in. What a man. Uh, so uh, we got all these people together and there was this real spirit on the day of unity and come on, we're all going to try and do our own things but cheer each mm. other on. And you sort of wondered at the time how good that promise would be. Mm. You wondered whether when yes. it got closer to the time, yes. whether people would still be honouring that or whether mm. you'd start to just look at the numbers and go, oh gosh, we've only got five, six hundred mm. booked into ours, we better start marketing. And actually to hear someone... You know, yes. at the very top of Vineyard there, yes. saying, hey, come to our thing next summer. Or there's a whole bunch of other things as well. Is really prophetic and amazing. Yeah, Loved and it. we need to acknowledge that, don't we, actually? There, yeah. is, there is no infighting. This is so beautiful. everybody go and buy his book now. Yes, buy his book! So, before we go, uh, we've been talking about Instagram. We've talked about TikTok. We've name-checked Twitter. We've been fairly cred, and we haven't actually talked about Facebook as if it's something that young people look at. We haven't talked about YouTube, mm, and that's where we're going to end up. Is, yeah. So uh, Youthscape run a really cool program for young people, uh, particularly for young people who want to share their faith using YouTube, and it's called Share, and it happens every year. It's happening in 2020 from the 16th to the 20th of February here in Luton, and it costs a ludicrously low amount of money to come along. So basically, this is for young people, uh, potentially young people that you work with who would be interested in learning how to create content for YouTube which would help them to share their faith. It costs £60. And it really only costs £60 because we have to charge you something so that you, you know, the young person mm-hmm. commits to coming. But actually, it's subsidised a ludicrous amount, like five, six, seven times that amount. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for that £60, you get teaching, you get use of all the equipment, you get food, you get accommodation uh, for those five days. And it's essentially a boot camp mm-hmm. in how to share your faith using YouTube. It's absolutely brilliant. There are brilliant people teaching on it. And uh, all the people who've done it previously have raved about That's it. Now, last year... Yes. I thought I I did this very notice on the podcast and I thought this sounds excellent so I actually asked my own youth group uh, whether they'd be up for this and three uh, young women decided that they would go and do share and all of them had a fantastic time and also have been producing cool little video oh, content for us awesome. at church. So um, it's you know, unique. We've turned it? them into yes. a little sweatshop. Yeah. <laughs> they are producing media for us at no cost. All the time. That is amazing. And and. 
this you'd be fair to say that the team working with the young students are fantastic yeah. so um if if a young person comes with very little skill around filmmaking that's fine because yeah. they'll learn the skills maybe they're, they're quite experienced with that but they want a bit of help in shaping stories so in, you you as a youth worker haven't got to kind of go oh well i you know they've got a passion in it but i'm not sure they got the skills that's yeah. absolutely fine yeah, that's right. if there's an interest there's a passion all the rest of the stuff that, that we do. So absolutely, this is a fantastic opportunity. So look, if you've got young people in your youth group yeah. who are aged 15 to 19, uh, who could come February half term to this five day residential video Here school, it's such a great opportunity. Great I do not there. understand no. uh, why we are not, you know, we are not turning people away for this thing. But actually, it's a bit of a best kept secret at the oh, moment. Oh, it's amazing. So, uh, so get on it yes. for 2020, yes. 16th to the 20th of February. It's share. You can go to youthscape.co.uk slash share. Find out all about it. So now it's time to do some shout outs to oh, end yes. the podcast. So we have a big shout out to Beth Hawksworth, who is fantastic. She used to work for Kick, well, she does work still for Kick London, and alongside that is studying to be a youth worker at St. Melitis. We love St. Melitis, we love Kick London. Do you know I'm going to sneak in an extra Ooh, shout out to uh, Kate she's... Emony, Ooh. who does the comms at my church. Oh, and she's brilliant nice. at it. So, Kate, this one's for you. Yeah, uh, and, and, I've, and I've got Joe Bright who does the comms at my ah, church. Ah, very nice, very so nice. This one's for you, and Joe. so also. Uh, we've got uh, Sam and Helen Baker yes. in Wallingham. Yes, uh, Escape podcast super fans. Woo-hoo-hoo. I hope you've got that on a t-shirt now. Yes, they should do. We should send them.